spoken maybe. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that at moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy Ann's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you though. It's not their fault. They don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steele. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Amazon. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label all one word, spoken label dot bandcamp.com. On the bandcamp it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled if you wish you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running plots for the podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label back in the house and back on Zoom again today. All the way across the seas tonight. Now it's a bit deceptive tonight because the gentleman we're chatting to is actually from Ireland. But you might recognise his accent. He's not Irish originally, are you, folks? <laughs> no. no. Hey there. Right, Bo, do me a favour. We'll let you do all the. I'll let you introduce yourself to everybody. Tell them who you are. Which part of America you originally come from? I know you covered it, you've been lived in a few bits, haven't you? So, and tell everybody what led you to Ireland, and then we'll start from there. Awesome. Well, uh, first off, thank you uh, for having me, Andy. Uh, my name is Bo Williams. I'm uh, I'm I live in Dublin currently, um, but uh, I'm American. Uh, I come from Portland, Maine, uh, just like the Northeast, it's just above Boston. Um, before that, I was from uh, Loudoun, New Hampshire, and then before that, Tampa, Florida. So I'm a little bit uh, from everywhere, um, but most recently Portland, Maine. Um, and uh, I've I got to Ireland because I've always wanted to be here um, for my entire life. Uh, the plan was to move out here and just kind of I had never left the United States before. Um, so uh, I'd been touring with my poetry uh, around the United States for about seven or eight years something like that and 
and then decided I want to branch out. And uh, I made a few contacts out here, made some friends, and uh, and uh, moved out to the Burren uh, in West uh, in Clare, um, County Clare, which was fantastic. I uh, I got to uh, be part of the uh, artist in residency program at the Burn College of Art. Uh, they let me basically just get a room out in the Burn and write poetry for an entire month. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Um, one of the best experiences of my life. And then on the weekends, I would go up north to uh, north uh, to Galway, uh, you know, the big city, and uh, get there and uh, go to the open mics and uh, meet people. And all of a sudden. A month went by, and I made a whole bunch of new friends up in Galway. Uh, and uh, so I was like, man, okay, I have to move back. I have to go back home, uh, but uh, I would really like to come back here again soon. Uh, so I went home, and I worked all summer, and I saved up a whole bunch of money. And uh, and then I bought a plane ticket, and I flew out here. And uh, I applied for college down at the University College of Cork, and I got in. Um, and I met, uh, the woman who would soon to be, uh, my wife. And, uh, so that's two amazing reasons to stay in the country. Um, and yeah, so that was going on three years ago now. Uh, and in the last three years, I've been able to get my MA down there in creative writing and, uh, moved to Dublin. I've been here ever since. Yeah, no, um, I know I'm up to talk for your bio as well, then. You told us all about your traveling you've done. Now, what I'm interested in learning, because there's quite a bit of stuff I want to learn about today, actually, as well. So tell us, um, first of all, about your experiences in, in France, and you've been the open mic in France. Because I know people, I've got friends that have done the open mics in France, so it's quite a different experience. So how was that experience, then? It was, it was pretty surreal. Uh, like I said, I, I, I have some experience uh, performing in places that I'm not used to, um, but performing in a country where none of the audience speaks the language that you speak is uh, very surreal, <laughs> very, very different uh, and challenging. Uh, but the, it was really fun because the way that we were able to go about it was we sent in our poems ahead of time and we actually had um, the, the World Poetry Slam uh, had translators who would translate your poetry from your native language to English and to oh, French. Wow. Uh, so there would be three translations total, unless you spoke English or French, uh, then it would only be two. Um, and then they they projected it on a screen above and behind you. Wow. So you would, you would be reading your poetry and someone who spoke your language would hit next every time you hit the end of a line. And, um, you know, they'd look up and see it. Uh, so <laughs> it was almost like, you know, yeah, oh, wow. you were an alien on a stage. And oh, wow. there was somehow a way that everyone could hear you and understand you. Um, so oh, wow. it was it was pretty strange and really, really cool. Uh, I heard poetry in 20, well, there was 22 different countries represented. Uh, and I would say, I don't know, maybe 10 different languages. Um, so it was it was really fun. I'd uh, never experienced anything like that before. Oh, that's quite, that's very surreal, like, if, if I see my, my phone with like, projected in the back of me, like, different languages, I've been like, oh, wow, completely freaked out on it. Oh, fantastic with that. Now, I know, obviously, you know, as well, I know you've done a couple of books, haven't you? A couple of collections as well. So, do you want to tell us both about the collections, then? First one is Rumham, isn't it? Of, with Red yeah, French so Press. 
and Love Letter with Squirrel with Elephants publication, which is a great name for publication as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Rumham was my first full-length book that I, uh, poetry book that I published. Uh, that was um, self-published, actually. I had a, uh, I got a um, degree in graphic design, um, so I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I know my way around that kind of world as well. Um, so I was able to um, to create my first book um, exactly how I wanted it. Um, and in terms of just dis distribution, I was, uh, I mainly sold them. Um, either online or at the shows I did. So uh, it worked out really nicely for me. Um, and Rumham was about five years of poetry uh, kind of put together uh, into, into one collection. Um, and then as soon as that was done, I started writing for the next one. Um, and I, I should probably rephrase that. I wasn't writing, uh, I never write for a book or for anything, I just write um, and it just so happens after, you know, an extended period of time, I have enough poems that are cohesive enough to make a book. Um, so that's, at least that's how I've been doing it, uh, you know, in the past. Um, and then Swimming with Elephants publication uh, got in touch with me and said they'd, uh, they'd like to put out my next book. And um, it was, uh, so yeah, my, my, my second book, uh, most recent book came out, I think, three, two or three years ago. Uh, is called Nail Gun and a Love Letter. Um, and yeah, that one, that's yeah my most recent uh, one. And uh, you can buy it on swimmingwithelephantspublication.com or on Amazon or from me. Here's the best way. Yeah, it's not brilliant with that one. So what I found interesting about you as well, obviously, is I want to talk about you, what led you into writing first in a minute anyway. But before that, and we're going to talk about this further in some traveling columns I do as well. Well, tell people about your how you initiated the virtual poetry marketplace project and the two meter review anthology. That's both of them yeah. are fascinating topics, certainly the way things are at the moment. <laughs> well, I I like to try and make the best out of any sort of situation. Uh, and as soon as COVID hit, and I learned that everything was about to get canceled everybody's shows everybody's workshops every everything that you could think of that involved leaving your house was going to be canceled um and for someone who's a spoken word artist who makes a living off of uh meeting in large groups uh all across the country that was kind of detrimental to me uh so i wanted to and i knew i wasn't the only one so um I, I, I took a think and I realized, okay, what do I have that I can offer to people? Poetry. Okay, I can, I can offer poems. Okay, uh, how, how do I make that something that people care about, that they want, you know? Uh, people like personalized stuff. Okay, cool. So I, you know, I thought, wow, I could go online and sell personalized poems. That's really fun. Um, so I started writing it up and then I was like, well, I mean, if I can do it, I mean, I'm not the only one losing money and losing shows. There's plenty of other people. So, uh, so I contacted as many uh, people as I could and asked if they wanted to be part of this. And um, a lot of people said yes. Uh, a lot of people said no, uh, because it is very difficult. And some people still had jobs, uh, you know, essential workers and all that. Um, so they didn't have time to do it. Um, but yeah, after after a couple of days, I had a, a good selection of people. I think we maybe had like seven or eight poets 
uh, all across Ireland. And, um, and what we did was I just made a Facebook event uh, and I, I put every poet's name and photo and bio and a little sample text or a, or a link to their videos or audios. Um, and uh, and th then we had a whole list, a whole catalog of poets. And then we would send, send it out. We'd just put it all over Facebook, all over Instagram, Twitter, wherever we could find. And uh, basically the premise was uh, you scroll through and you find a poet that you like or you want to hear more from. You send them however much money you want, uh, you know, however much you think a poem is worth, a personalized poem. Uh, the average was five to 25 euro. Um, and uh, but some poets paid, you know, some people paid 100, you know, 200 wow. and cents, you know, and it's all about whatever they felt like contributing. Um, and uh, so they give you, you know, they send you something through PayPal or Revolut um, and then uh, they give you a little topic, like, I want you to write about, you know, my, my dog just died. So can you write a poem from, uh, you know, for my dog or like, you know, I, I'm still getting stuff. I just uh, sent out a uh, Father's Day poem uh, that I wrote uh, yesterday um, so, or two days ago. So it's still, you know, it's still happening on a much smaller scale now. But um, yeah, as far as I've been, you know, as far as I've heard, um, people got a lot out of it and, uh, you know, I got a lot of good responses from folks saying they, you know, made some money, you know, to compensate all this, uh, craziness. So at least that helped a little bit. Um, no, completely. The virtual marketplace. Fantastic. Fantastic indeed. Tell us next what the 2 meter review unfolds then as well. Yeah, definitely. So, um, two meter review, uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, I do have a, uh, um, some experience with, uh, publishing and uh, and page layout and graphics um, so I I've always wanted to kind of get back into that and um, I, I decided it might be kind of cool to you know it, once again you know we were in the middle of COVID and uh, I realized that not only did we need money but we needed um, we needed a, a way to kind of get some good out there you know get 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 some art into the world, you know, uh, it injected the world with something creative uh, out of this madness. Uh, so I, I decided to come up with the two meter review, uh, which was absolutely a pun on staying two meters away from anybody. <laughs> um, and that the name itself got a good response, which was nice. Um, and uh, then I contacted uh, a friend of mine who's also a fantastic poet. Her name's Hazel Hogan. Uh, she's also based in Dublin on the north side. And um, she uh, was absolutely down to join and to be part of this with me. So uh, she was an editor. I was an editor. And we sent out the, uh, sent out the information. Uh, we sent out an open call um, for submissions um, in, I think it was the last week of March or the first day of April, something like that. And we gave about three and a half weeks uh, as an open call submission for submissions. And, um, and we got over 140 um, uh, applications or 140 submissions. Um, oh, that's a lot, that's a lot. <laughs> I was really surprised uh, considering, you know, who the hell am I? You know, <laughs> like why, did, why would anyone care to be part of this? But apparently it, it, it striked interest. 
which was very nice. Um, and so the purpose, uh, you know, the kind of structure behind two meter review was we wanted to uh, kind of put money back into the pockets of the poets and photographers that, uh, that have been affected by COVID um, and who might've lost, you know, some, some, some funds or whatever uh, in the process. Um, so Hazel and I, we made this book. Um, we picked 28 contributors, uh, that was poets and photographers. It was open to both, um, and put the book together and we made sure to make it a digital copy. So there was zero overhead. Um, and then we had a launch and, uh, the launch was, uh, just last week. Um, oh, was, it, was that recent? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It hasn't even, hasn't even been a week yet. So Not even hot off the press yet, is it? So literally. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, uh, yeah, we had people, uh, uh, we had, I think, 10 or 12, something like that, uh, poets um, uh, read their poems online, you know, during the launch. Uh, and then we interviewed about four or five of the photographers. Um, and it was basically just to spark interest in the two-meter review to get a couple of sales and any money that came in, we distributed it equally amongst uh, all, among all the poets and photographers. Uh, and after the launch, now we no longer sell it. It's up to the individual contributors. So no matter how much, you know, it depends on how much they want to publicize it and promote it. And, um, you know, then that's how much money they make. So it's kind of in their hands now. Um, and so, you know, you can, it, it's two, uh, 10 euro uh, for the digital copy. And, uh, and hopefully it's uh, making them some money and uh, making some wonderful art out in the world. Good to me. How did you do the launching? Was it through Zoom, was it, or something similar? It was through uh, Instagram, actually. Instagram, um, ah, yeah, go say it's very popular. Did you get many people tuning into it then, do you reckon, or? Yeah, so uh, we did, we used my Instagram because uh, of myself and Hazel, uh, I had the most Instagram followers. Um, so it just made sense to kind of try and, cast as big a net as we could um and uh yeah that it, i think we ended up at our highest point we had about 45 or 50 uh people watching um and uh yeah it was great we we ended up selling about 150 euro worth of uh um sales so thumbs up uh, thumbs up definitely yeah. with that one, so that's excellent not a, not a bad start yeah it's a good start indeed that one it built i think always you're doing launches i'm always a firm believer it's best to start off steady and just keep it ticking along, perhaps building up slowly or something. So just all the sales happen immediately, then nothing, it just dies it up after. I'm not excellent with that. So now yeah. I want to go back. I've done this way around today, but I want to I want to go back to the beginning now. What made you want to become a writer in the first place? Um, it it kind of happened unintentionally. Um, Usually, yeah, it does, I, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think at any point I I thought, ooh, I want to be a writer. Let me see how I can do that. It was literally just I I wrote, um, you know, I, I wrote raps and I wrote songs and I never had a band or anything and I couldn't sing. Uh, but I uh, I just liked writing my my thoughts down. And then one day uh, I read it for someone and you know a friend of mine and and she liked it and I was like, oh my god, other people can like the stuff I wrote that's weird uh and she introduced me to an open mic poetry community 
which I thought I, I had no idea what that was, but apparently there are communities around the world that come around together and perform poetry for each other and listen yeah. and support each other. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so I was, uh, I, I went to one open mic, which led to another open mic and then I made friends. And then all of a sudden I was being inspired once a week to, you know, I, I would go to an open mic and, the next day I'd have a poetry hangover is what we called it just by listening to such powerful stuff. And then, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd wait a day and I'd let it all settle into my brain. And then the next day after that, I would just write and write and write and write and write because, Ooh, I got to come up with something better than I had last week. So I could perform on the open mic. And, yeah. um, well, and then by the, yeah, it all went and then it was very secular. And then, you know, one open mic turned to another open mic and then, you know, uh, I was introduced to the National Poetry Slam in the United States, and uh, I went there and made even more connections, and then started doing poetry tours. And it wasn't until it's always been something that I've had a huge passion for, that I've always wanted to be a part of uh, that world. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to Ireland that I decided that I, I was ready to make it a full time a career. Um, and it's uh, it's been very difficult, especially since COVID. Um, but I've, I've made pretty big strides, uh, personally, uh, in, in my, uh, career and I'm, I'm very happy with how it's going, uh, actually. So, um, I've heard that one, yeah. right? you managed to get big projects off the go like you are at the moment. I mean, you learn stuff by yourself as a person, don't you? When, yeah. when things change like they do and you learn like you, you managed to boot, not, it's not a profile building, you managed to get some sort of income over yourself and other people. It makes you realise what the power of poetry can do at the moment. Indeed, so do you have any sort of ideas where you want to go next to this? Or not sure yet. Um, where I want to go next with yes. this? Yes. Yeah, well, I haven't fully decided. Um, are you, uh, you mean with like the two meter review, or just with poetry in general? Well, both. We can't both. Then she was asking about. <laughs> I was asking about poetry in general. Okay, talk about that um, two meter review as well. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Well, for the two meter review, we uh, uh, we haven't decided what's going to happen next. Uh, we just uh, we're we're just taking a, a little. We're we're enjoying the the time off now uh, from the launch um, and letting that kind of marinate in the world. Um, but we do we do have intentions of uh, of doing a volume two, which I'm very excited about. But that's uh, nothing is set in stone uh, as of yet, but um, so that's kind of where that lies. Um, but in terms of my career, um, I think I'm going to continue what I'm doing. Uh, I've, I've, uh, everything has moved to the virtual world now, um, so that's been uh, hard to adjust to. Um, and uh, my fiance and I live in a, a single studio, uh, so it's like the size of a normal person's kitchen. Uh, and we've been living, living and working and doing meetings, uh, the both of us for three months uh, in this space. So it's uh, it's it's been a little bit of a slog, uh, but we've uh, been making it work, and uh, actually better than uh, I would have expected. Uh, but I'm doing all right, and I think the next step would be to see how we can make it as virtual as possible, see how much stuff we can do in the virtual world, um, and then kind of evolve that into whatever steps come next. So um, I've been teaching a lot of workshops online. I've been doing interviews and, uh, and doing poetry shows, uh, contributing to, to online festivals and open mics and such like that. Um, 
so it uh that's that's kind of where it's at now um i'm you know poetry tours are kind of uh my uh my my big goal um and it's been i went on a tour in october uh of the california coast um and so i'm kind of working on uh when the next one will be and where it will be and how it will happen uh so that's kind of what's next on the horizon I think. yeah i think a lot of it at the moment like i said there's a lot of stuff in the air at the moment really because same over with what we've got in england at the moment and like it's the amount of shows i've seen right to get tours cancelled everything like that nobody knows when, when things are get back to normal you just can't judge it can you so like over here at the moment the government starts with restrictions but the post circuit can't operate like it used to. You yeah. can't get like 60 people in a small room anymore. It's just not going to happen, is it? So, Well, that's the thing. And when inevitably they're going to lift all the bands all across the world. And at that point, like, yes, legally we can all gather together. Uh, but it's not something that everyone's going to be comfortable with and who knows when we're going to be comfortable enough to do all that again. I mean, it, the, the PTSD might set in and we might not want to do this for a long time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's really a matter of just kind of, you know, taking a, pardon me, a couple steps into the water and seeing, seeing if it's cold enough, <laughs> seeing if it's warm enough to keep going, you know, and, uh, and if it's not, we'll step back a little bit and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens and then work in that realm, you know, and just see where it goes. Can you envisage yourself doing the first poetry collection? Well, we were talking about that in the background before as well. After your first, first two books, you know, you've been working on some, haven't you, for a couple of years now, so... Do you reckon you'll have a third book out next year or two as well? I'm mean, not sure yet. Well, um, nothing, uh, nothing uh, on the on the marquee yet, uh, but I I do have um, something that I'm kind of working on. Uh, I need to do a couple uh, finishing edits on it, and then it's to you know then we send it off and see what happens. Um, it's it's a long process after you send it off. Um, you know, if someone accepts it, then it's another, you know, six months to a year or whatever before it comes out. Uh, but uh, in terms of uh, a manuscript, uh, yeah, I have I have something in the works. Uh, and it's Fingers crossed you, right? So I know what you mean about things taking ages because I've just had an email come through yesterday, the other day about I've got two music albums coming out with a Belgian record label. And they're one, one of them's coming out in November, one's in December. And one of them is a poetry album over my ambient music, and then one's some strong of my straight ambient albums. That took about six months to do the album bit with vocalists, not all my wow. vocals. Then it's going to be another seven months before the album comes out, so it's just going to last it to be a proper long project. Oh, yeah. Everything takes, everything's a process. You know, it's the whether you're writing it or recording it or editing it or sometimes even when you send it out it, it takes six months for someone to get back to you know so oh, it's a, it is a process but it's so worth it <laughs> oh yeah completely i'm always but it's my case it's never the money that you're that sort of guy as well the money's nice but it's the fact you want to move get the project done don't you and move on to the next project that's why i am an artist myself i like doing things then work on the project when it's done naturally move on <laughs> that's why yeah yeah right okay to conclude it that's all my questions today um where can people find read up more about you if they wish to yeah so uh you can find me uh i'm on instagram facebook and twitter um bo williams poet uh you can find me all over the place um on there um 
You can see some of my videos on YouTube. Um, just make sure to type in Bo Williams Poet, uh, and that's B-E-A-U Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S, uh, Poet, P-O-E-T. Um, and uh, if you'd like kind of all of it in one nice, neat package, you can go to bowwilliamspoet.com, and uh, it's got my artist bio. It's got some, uh, uh, you can buy my books on there, um, and you can see some videos. Um, and it's also connected to my uh, Facebook and Instagram. So you'll see the little logos, and you can click on either one, and they'll connect. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that's all my questions today, both. It's been a fascinating chat. Thank you for this today. Now, I know we're going to take a quick break, and you've got to do a few polls for us, aren't you? So, so everybody, hang around, and I'll give you all to the sale all the time. So, thank you again, Paul. Take care, guys and girls. Stay safe. See you in the Spoke on Hi, guys. Okay, straight over to Bo. He's going to do four points for us today. Over to you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll just read a couple poems here. Um, the first one I want to read is... Um, uh, it's called Highland Inn. Um, I, I wrote this uh, in the Highland Inn pub in Ballyvaughan. Um, and uh, I wrote it when I didn't realize that I was looking for something. Um, and uh, it wasn't until after I had written the poem that I, I realized what I was looking for. And it was love. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, and then the very next day I met the love of my life. So I, I think poetry uh, does wonders. Uh, so anyway, here's my poem. If you were to find me, it'll be next to the seat that I saved for you. Still a bit sober as of yet, though the taps will bow for you. If you prefer me pissed, then walk a lap to the bog and back. It won't take but a song or two. A woman will ask if this seat is taken. Her cheekbones will be cupped hands over poured with freckles. It will spill through her fingers, splash over her shoulders. I will wonder to what God she prays that would let loose such a heaven. I would wonder what brilliant clock would stutter long enough to hide such poetry in the stars across her. I would wonder why words have yet to know my tongue, so I wash them back with a pint. If motivation is to join me on the sesh, may it arrive a sopping bake. May it be draped in the three sheets that the wind takes for its own. May it kick the loo door down to watch me knocked upon the throne. May it grab me by the ears Stare into my face and yell, is your blood not filled with ink, man? Is your chest not filled with hearts? May my spirit be as saved as this bar stool. May this bar stool grow a lighthouse from its back. Steal the breath from your lungs. Feed it back to you in beams. Let that which needs to find me do so when it must. May I recognize the sails before it passes into dusk. Brilliant. Wow. <laughs> Did, did that take you quite a long time to write that piece? Or it seemed like it was quite stream of consciousness to me. But I suspect you then went through several drafts and it probably afterwards. Yeah, it um it went through a couple of drafts. Um, I mean, no poems are ever like fully done. Uh, as Picasso says, art isn't finished; it's just abandoned. Uh, oh, so, I love that. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, 
So I, but I wrote that, you know, it normally takes me a couple hours to write a poem and then, then you just edit it forever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the um, that one, that one can be found in my, uh, um, uh, my newest book. Um, and that, yeah, I've had that for, you know, that, that poem probably took a couple months before it was where it's at now. Right. Okay. Do you want to give us number two then? Yeah. Um, so this next poem is, uh, uh, I, I once dated a girl who had a little girl. Um, and so I got to be stepdad for a little while. Um, and then after we split up, um, you know, I, um, we couldn't do that anymore. Um, so this is a poem I wrote from the perspective, um, oh, it's basically about a, a phone call uh, from myself to the little girl. Uh, she was three at the time. The rattling of my cell phone on the glass of the coffee table pulls me from the security of sleep. I check the number on the screen and my stomach starts to braid itself inside of me. My ribs saran wrap my lungs as I take a deep breath and answer, hello? And the voice on the other end of the line, it sounds a lot like the person I thought it'd be, only younger, softer. Bo? I fight to keep my words down. An unwinnable war and they've easily found their way to the receiver. Hey, honey, how are you? I just drew a picture of you and me and mama and my new daddy and my fish, Sarah. Do you like it? On the other end of the line in the room where we became family, she sits on the floor, ear pressed to the phone. When you're four years old, the world is received on face value. Her little mind can't comprehend why Bo's not allowed around here anymore. She doesn't understand why there's a different person sleeping in Mama's bed. Hey, that's Bo's spot. You can't sleep there. That's Bo's spot. Mama, he can't sleep there. That's Bo's spot. All she knows is that it's been 200 SpongeBob episodes and just as many goodnight kisses since Mama and Bo tucked her in together, and she doesn't know why. I can hear her little fingers plucking this morning's backyard adventure out from between her little toes. Do you want to come over? Now I fight back tsunami tears. My voice sidewalk cracks as I try to come up with an answer that both she and I can understand, but I know that whatever it is, neither of us are going to want to accept because it's been 200 broken phone calls and just as many sleepless nights since Mama and Bo tucked her in together and I miss my little princess. I miss little hugs from little arms. I miss little stories from little lips. I miss a little girl with unparalleled possibilities. Either of us would automatically reverse the tides just to be in each other's lives, but the cards didn't pan out like that. Fate dealt us in, and we both got stuck with mismatched suits. The one-eyed Jack suicide watches the suicide king, and nobody's left to look after us. But this is where we stand. Things can never go back to the way they were. Honey. I can't come over today, but if you give Mama the picture, she'll send it to me, okay? I miss you. Okay. Love you. In her room, where imagination governs reality, she removes the little plastic foam from her ear, presses the little plastic buttons, and throws the toy back into the arms of her toy bin. Fistful of Crayola, a princess draws her fairy tale family in hopes of a happily ever after. Fantastic, mate. Heartbreaking, but fantastic, that. You can feel like you put a lot of yourself in that piece. Brilliant, mate. Absolutely. 
the heart took the heart touches out for you there, mate. So, okay. Uh, what's your third piece, everybody? All right, jumping gears. <laughs> oh, it's always got to be good as a writer. That <laughs> <laughs> that's the the hard part about uh, about doing you know multiple poems in a row is you know to, in order to do it justice, you got to really get in the headspace for it. So oh, no, yeah. it's, uh, that's always the hard part. But uh, no, thank you for letting me do this. This is great. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, that was one of the first poems I ever wrote, actually. Um, really? And, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was after writing that, I, I was able to kind of understand what the power of poetry, like what it can do and what it did for me was allow me to kind of get through uh, a certain phase of my life and uh and kind of come to terms with it and move on to the next phase um so that was that ever since then i've been poetry is my go-to it's a uh, fail safe it's always been there's no limit to what it can do um this uh next poem i wrote for a friend of mine named mike uh who um was snowboarding and he went off of a jump and tried to do a rodeo, which is a backflip and a spin all at the same time. And he got about halfway through the flip and then he fell down and landed on his neck. Oh. Uh, and so, yeah, he ended up breaking his neck and going to the hospital. Um, and the doctors told him he'd never be able to walk again. So uh, he, he responded uh, in a, in this fashion, <laughs> and I thought it was very inspiring, so I wrote a poem about it. Um, it's called The Strongest Act of Bravery. Strongest act of bravery that these eyes have ever seen was branded by you, the ripple child of a whip-crack tidal wave, been crippled by a severed vertebrae but crutched by your overbearing will to live. The doctors labeled you vegetable. You labeled the doctors mistaken. Your artillery consisted of pawn-shaped courage, checkmate confidence, and the ability to smile in the stalemate face of uncertainty. Staring up through the concrete jail bars of the hospital room ceiling, you pan-pluck a star in the shape of a dream. Flip it on its smooth stomach, and with a sharpie, you write, June 1st, I'm walking out of this hospital. And when you thumbtack the star, Back up into the sky, every eardrum on the planet can hear the supernova shatter into reality all the uncertainties of life. The hollow canyons in our mouths speak to the estuaries in our palms and the rolling thunder in our chest that proclaim that we are all whipped up from the same sandstorm. The, the stardust that formed together to create you and to create trees and to create breath was cast out by the cosmos with the intent to survive. The roots of your ancestry reach far past Uncle Adam and Auntie Eve. They weave themselves in through Father Time and Mother Nature, Grandpa Mountain and Grandma Ocean, Pepe Saturn and Meme Moon all have a history of being, all have a mindset of doing. There is purpose, ink blotched into our DNA. We all have a reason. Because when staring down the shotgun artery of fear, we either buckle with the backs of the willow or we brass with the knuckles of the sycamore tree, you seeker of destiny. There is courage flowing through this bloodstream that we call life. And when June 1st busts open the hospital doors for you, you step out into the parking lot, strong as earth, twirling a set of brass knuckles on your finger like your very own homemade keys. 
the freedom. Fantastic. Now I can really feel the passion of your friend there. That that one straight away. So <laughs> a very single, very single-minded, yeah. stubborn individual there. That's it. He was like, "Nope, I'm not gonna stay here my whole life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna get up." And he was lucky enough. Uh, it's not always the case. Uh, so he was lucky enough where he actually made it out. So I'm very happy for him. Respect to the guy there, definitely. I could feel it with him there. Then respect to him. I hope he's happy as well. But you sound like he's that sort of guy. He wouldn't let that some like that stop him, basically. <laughs> That's right. He's probably that sort of guy that you know. I don't know, of course. But it would not surprise me if you want to stop to be back up there again, and that's where, where that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure one of these days he'll be back on the slopes. Who knows? <laughs> Definitely. Okay, on to the big conclusion now. What's your oh, last yeah. piece for today, Mac? Yeah, this last poem here, um, I, uh, I wrote this when I was in a really bad place. I was in a bad relationship and uh, was not... Uh, uh, treated very well and uh, I came to the conclusion one day that I can either stay and live a sad life or I can get out and find a good life um, and that's a it's not always as easy as that um, but sometimes it is and it just so happened that I found a, a way to get out and I did um, and my my friend called me one of my best friends I was living in New Hampshire at the time and my best friend lived in Maine uh, which is just the next state over, and uh, there he was like, "Oh man, you got to come up. You got to move. You got to move to Maine. You got to move to Portland." I was like, "No, Portland's dumb. There's nowhere. It's boring. It's, there's nothing to do there." And he was like, "Well, anytime you need to come up, you got a room, man. And as soon as you move up here, you can just clean the room. And it's yours, and you're good to go." Um, and then this happened, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make the jump." So while she was at work, I threw everything into my car and I drove up to Maine and my head was, you know, in clouds. Uh, and it wasn't until I was about halfway there. I was like, Ooh, I should probably call Will. So I, I called him and I was like, Hey man, uh, can I, uh, you still got that room? And he's like, yeah, why? And I was like, cause, uh, I have everything I own in the back of my car and I'll be up there in about 45 minutes. And he's like, okay, cool. Uh, so this is my poem about getting to a better place. It's called uh, Happiness is an Old Harmonica. I find myself eating dinner with my parents and a girl that I really want to want to marry someday. My parents swear they hear daughter-in-law in her lap, but this girl's a fighter. Says that family sticks to her teeth like tampered candy, digs her cavities with a trowel. Soon, holidays will be comfortable enough to become incredibly uncomfortable. It's here I will teach myself the art of the backpedal. Sometimes we say things we don't mean, and I love you slips off the tongue way too quick. A reckless child and sketcher. We often find ourselves in places we shouldn't hunched over dirty computer screens or tiny checkered tiles with our stomach and our teeth. It's under the heavy jacket of vagabond bottles and a bottle cap crown. We close our eyes, search for our reflection in our own knuckles, but know for certain that in these places we are never truly found. For those who sweat metal splinters in the hollow seconds after I love you, know that that place should never be a waiting room. If they're not there with confidence in their pocket, they're just elsewhere, ready to dance with you. Won't you move with them? 
seek them out. They'll be the poodle skirt with the happy feet. So ready to groove, I love you does a mean mashed potato. They'll teach you to dance rubber like My favorite canary stretches her smile from Alabama to Maine, tells me to look up and hang on with my talons when I start to drown. Happiness is an old harmonica just waiting for me to pick it back up. It wants to rock like a front porch orchestra. I can hardly play, but I'd love to learn. There's so much I want to learn. Digest diction and books like a tattooed English teacher. Pump up the speakers in my chest and finally stand up for something. The moment we stop looking for ourselves is the moment we will be found and I will be found. One candle strong alongside 50,000 more. Tie your demons to the twisted roots of the closest tree and we will walk from this forest holy. Brilliant. Great way to finish that today. Thank you very much, Paul. Really, really enjoyed that. All, all four of your pieces today are good. You're great storytelling, your pieces. Today. I found it absorbing, really absorbing hearing you today. So thank you for that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you again. Now hang around and quit with your mic. That's it for today, Reverend Spoken Label. Thank you again, Paul. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Stay sane and whatever else, right? See you all soon, okay? Bye. Spoken Label.